Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. at Oracle Park in San Francisco. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talkin' Schmidt. Get your beach blanket and your bong out, boys. Today on the show is lead screamer of the Triple OG skate rock band, JFA. This is Mr. Brian Brannon. Brian spent a big chunk of his life skating pools and pipes out in Arizona before heading to San Francisco to be the music editor at Thrasher Magazine. Brian had two covers of the mag, wrote plenty of articles, and was in the very first skate video, Truth Hurts. Brian was at the mag when Cypress Hill stopped by, the Billy Pepper beatdown, and even got a return phone call from Tom Waits. He goes, hey, yeah, Brian, uh, there's one more story I forgot to tell you. When we, when we were little kids, we used to have this beautiful hill that we lived on. And we used to skateboard down it all the time. And right there at the bottom, in, in the beauty of the curve, Brian, there was this man who lived there. His name was Mr. Stitches. And Mr. Stitches hated all the skateboarders. He hated us with a passion. And, and then one day, Mr. Stitches had a heart attack and died. And, and all the people in the neighborhood said, we killed him. 
And, and I just want to say right now in Thrasher Magazine, I didn't kill Mr. Stitches. This week's word here on the pod is subscribe. First and foremost, the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Second, we are now putting content on our YouTube page. Subscribe. And last but maybe not least, the mailing list. Yes, yes, subscribe. Go to TalkingSchmidt.com and join our mailing list so you can get special deals on merch before it goes up on the site. Shout out to last week's winners, Erica Cates in Hawaii. Shout out. Kevin Ledwig in Washington. Shout out. Josh Green in San Jose. Shout and out. Tom Shattuck of San Francisco. Shout out. You guys got patches, beanies, and a little swag for you that nobody else has even seen yet. With that being said, this is Brian Brannon, and you're listening to Talk and Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn, isn't it? Our big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I'd be shitting my pants. Glad. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! Growing up as I did, it's a huge honor for me to introduce our next guest. He was music editor and major contributor of Thrasher Magazine in the 90s and the lead screamer of the legendary skate rock band Jody Foster's Army. Listen up closely, fuckers, because this is Brian Brannon. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, Schmitty? I'm good, man. I just saw you at uh, MoFo's, uh, what is it, 60th birthday in, uh, what is it, Oakland? Yeah, in Oaktown, man. Yeah, I was hung over for three days after that, bro. <laughs> was it good? <laughs> it was, dude, I'll tell you this. The reviews came in, and you still bring it hard, man. They're like, damn, he was running around the whole time, energized. It was sick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else are you supposed to do, man? You know, you figure you got to bring it. Just yeah. stay home, you know? <laughs> With COVID. Um, yeah, that was... When was that? That was right before. That was probably like November, December, or summer, or no, earlier yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, that was the last set of shows we played. Uh, we played there, and then we played San Jose, and I think that was the last. You know, then everything hit, and that was it, man. You were born and raised in Arizona. No, I was actually uh, I was born in Linwood, Linwood, California. Grew up in Compton, North Long Beach, and then moved to. Uh, Arizona uh, around about when I was in sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, and then uh, stayed there till uh, I went to work at Thrasher probably about, I don't know, 10, 15 years later. Yeah. Did you discover skateboarding in Arizona then or before you moved out there? Oh, no, man. I was I was skateboarding since I was a little kid. You know what I mean? I mean, my first board I got, they, they had, they did have, I'm not that old, right? <laughs> I had urethane wheels out but when i went to the store they still had black knights which had clay wheels on it right and i like i like the graphics man so i had to go with the black knight so you know i just uh push pushing down my my uh driveway there man just uh you know going going mock speed thinking yeah. i was captain kirk on the starship enterprise that was my thing <laughs> 
Did you guys do like catamaraning when in those days, like where you put the two guys together, you know, interlock the legs and all that? Oh yeah, yeah, we did some of that, man. Uh, that was later though, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like four or five when I started, but um, yeah, no, that stuff's rad, man. You you ever, ever seen Team Rhino? Those guys were the kings of that stuff, man. They were just like catamaran catch you, just like woo, and then like. <laughs> eat shit about half the time on the landing, you know, but it was always spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, you're, so like, you're like leaning back, you know, to turn, you know, or leaning forward to turn that way, you know? Yeah. So then when you went out to Arizona, is that kind of when you um, started developing a little more of a crew and, and getting more serious about skating? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, my first pool was in uh, was in Arizona that I skated. Um, I'm thinking yeah, my first backyard pool, anyways. And then uh, I started going to a high roller skate park in um, in Phoenix, which had two pipes with this huge vert wall, uh, two two bowls, two snake runs with the best snake run ever, a clover bowl, and a reservoir. And it was just like it was badass. And and that was kind of right when. Um, punk was really kind of popping off uh in the skateboarding world you know like uh uh steve olsen was picking his nose at the friggin skater uh skater of the year banquet and you know Dwayne was friggin actually Dwayne might have still been a, been a hippie there you know his first friggin ad i remember uh he was on dogtown right and he was wearing like this space suit had hippie shit and he was like tied up against a friggin huge air conditioner or something he was rad but there was a point when he was not quite uh you know yeah the, the punk rocker guy but then they were like cutting everybody's hair in the freaking bathrooms at uh at uh big o or wherever and stuff and you know you get free shitty haircuts if you're a hippie you know um and uh yeah so the crew at high roller was kind of the nucleus of the jfa crew too because oh. like I, yeah like i say that was where you know, all all the all the skaters went to High Roller because it was such a good park. Um, and then when we started, our drummer was a High Roller local, Bam Bam, Mike Spearsbold. Um, and then you know our guitar player Don and original bass player Michael Cornelius, they were all skated there too. So we knew all the crew there. And um, you know, our first show, uh, Bam went and. Uh, busted into his mom's uh, linen closet and stole a sheet, you know, a, a bed sheet and put it in the washing machine with some green food coloring and dyed it green. All right. And see, at that time, we our first show, we were called The Breakers. We were not always JFM. First show, we were called The Breakers. And so, but we had the song, Jody Foster's Army. Our crew at that time was Jody Foster's army, but the band was the breakers, right? Right. So so Bam Bam, you know, made tied the sheet army green. And then he cut it all up into squares and he made the logo with the, you know, block JF triangle and the X's. That's that was pure BAM. He came up with that okay. and he put it in black marker there so that you could 
fold it in half and tie it like a bandana around your steel toe engineer boots because that's what you you know back back then slam dancing was none of this stuff you know ring around the rosies crap you guys do today you know and there's some assholes pushing no man it was just friggin' like you know you know so you had to have the boots yeah and then you tied the friggin' a bunch of bandanas around them you know so our crew came out and they were all wearing the boots and you know the punk rock scene thing was good in phoenix um but they hadn't really seen you know slam dancing when we came out you know so um they were like there some of the bands were like uh Killer Pussy, they had the song Teenage Gentlemen Nurses in Bondage. Um, the Feeders, this guy Frank Discussion used to bite the heads off rats and throw <laughs> them at the feeders. There's a guy called Charlie Monoxide, and uh, there's like some art bands, you know, International Language was really cool. Anyway, so it was a really diverse punk scene, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, you have to wear this or be right. that or sound like that. But, but and still, <laughs> when we started playing and, and you know, that the old punkers are ready to start pogling harshly, you know, and then our friend just come, you know, (laughs) like knives were pulled, you know, uh, we, we, for the first, uh, I don't know, for the first year or so, we, we were banned for life from every club we played in Phoenix because they didn't know, you know, right. They they didn't know what, uh, what slam dancing was. And it, you know, they thought we were breaking shit, which maybe we probably did, you know, so, and just for people that might not know, Jody Foster's Army was a reference to Taxi Driver because, what was it, Hinkley shot Reagan, and then he was a big fan of Jody Foster, and then, is that right? Yeah, I think he kind of used it for an insanity defense, you know, like he saw the movie, and I could be wrong, but, you know, he saw the movie, and he was inspired to do it for Jody Foster, so, so Don... Uh, Redondo wrote most of our songs, still writes a lot of them, but now we kind of, you know, mess around. But he wrote like, you know, most, almost all the early ones. And he was watching TV playing guitar when, when Hinkley shot Reagan and he saw it and they kept playing it over and over again, you know, and that's, and just, he came up with a little watching it, you know, and then, then they, him and his buddy are sitting on the couch and they're saying, well, Hinkley's claiming, you know, he did it for Jody Foster or whatever. And his buddy goes, you know, Jody Foster's got her own gun club. And Don's all, no, she's got her own army, dude. And so then he wrote the song and then it just kind of all fell into place. You know, we would have, if we would have been the breakers, we probably would, no one would have cared. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, but turned out there was a uh, hippie surf band or whatever in California called the breakers. Uh-huh. You know, they were about breaking waves. We were about, breaking friggin' windows and breaking into backyards to skate pools. That's what we took it. But um, you had to change the name because there was already yeah, a name. Yeah. We just didn't want to, you know, be affiliated with something else or confused. And, uh, sure. you know, having that name just got us a lot of attention because back then they were like, Oh, there, there's this band called the dead Kennedys. And there's another one called Jody Foster. And Vic Morrow's head, you know, all this right. stuff. so people okay. say, oh, sure, I got to listen to that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then how do you get your first show with Black Flag? Is that because you guys are heavy in the skating community already and you have that network or how did that work out for you? I mean, that's just how the scene was back then. I mean, it I mean was on so paper, f- that seems huge to, to have your first oh, show open huge. for and, Black Flag. Yeah. Well, so our first show, we opened for the crowd, which was uh, with as the breakers. And, they, you know, that was pretty big, too. But 
no, I mean, Black Flag came through town and the punk scene wasn't that big, you okay. know, back then. I mean, like I say, we had all kinds of different, we had a, uh, there was a band called Grant and the Geezers that opened up and they were rockabilly. So it was really cool, <laughs> like mix of stuff, you know, yeah. everybody was totally into it and, you know, digging, hey, that's cool. I like that rockabilly or whatever, you know, but we were the only hardcore band in town at that time. Oh, okay. So, so uh, yeah, but it yeah. fit really good. Yeah, and Dez was singing back then. So that it was, was with super, Dez. Oh, yeah, man. it is, man. Yeah. Never saw that one. Fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. sick. He, he's singing with Flag now. He does. He still does a pretty good job, man. He's always been my favorite. Classic. Him and Ron Ray's and, and Keith Morris were, mm. I think, you know, although the early singer to Black Flag was what I, what it was about for me. And who is the drummer? Uh, Bill Stevenson or whatever? Was he? Was it? Yeah, he's in Flag. Okay. Um, guy from The Descendants. But Robo was the original drummer oh, for Black Flag. Oh, yeah. Flag. And he had a really like, he had yeah. way better posture than me. And he like had a <laughs> snare drum flat and he was his bald head. He's a rad guy, man. All yeah. right. So how was that around the same time that you kind of um, started figuring out pool skating and looking for pipes and that kind of stuff or? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we were all about that stuff. Um, I had met Michael Cornelius at a ramp that we had built. And so, you know, we were, the high roller closed and so you know we we had about a month or so of sneaking over the fence you know to ride that but then there's nothing left you know mm -hmm. and arizona it you know it's a sunbird state you know they call it where uh the rich people from back east have a second home you know right. in the winter to come there and then they all build pools because it's so hot so i mean there was no never a problem finding a you know pools in arizona i can skip ahead and tell you about the bonanza we had when they put the freeways through man because they, they they never they didn't have freeways in phoenix forever like the the i-10 stopped you know uh at avondale which is probably about 20 miles from downtown phoenix and started again like outside of uh what's now awatuki which is another 20 miles out and finally they decided they're going to put like four new freeways and connect them all and they were just demolishing neighborhoods of houses you know to to build the freeway just like all right freeway's coming in here you're out you're out you know like and and it was just like pool 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 and it was like you know that's why i got kind of spoiled back then because i'm like nah 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 maybe later no nah, no nah. hell yeah that, that's where <laughs> we're going that you know what i mean yeah and like and that's my, you know, like Sal, but he's all like, oh, I got, let's go skate 20 pools today. I'm all, and I go, I'm all, dude, we should have just gone to that last one because the rest of them freaking suck, man. Yeah. Going to wall ride, I go down to 7 Eleven, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes. But, uh, you know, I just got kind of, you know, I, we had, we had so many good pools, bro. It was just insane. Like and what, that. what's the method for that? Like, talk about finding that stuff before Google Maps and stuff. Like, are you just peeking over tons of uh, fences and looking in backyards? Or are you like, I know Salba used to um, do the fucking aerial. He'd rent some guy to fly yeah. him sometimes. And what was the, what was your guys? How'd you yeah, guys we, come we did all that stuff, man. Um, you know, looking over fences get in the back of a pickup truck and drive down an alley, you know, and you're just looking both ways, you know, um, neighbors look for abandoned pools. You know, some people have pool cleaning services, you know, oh, Randy yeah. Kate, Randy Caton in, uh, in, uh, Sacto, he used to dress up in a suit 
and put a uh, realtor sign on the side of his car and then he would just pull up to an you know abandoned house get his camera out like he's taking pictures you know <laughs> go in the backyard <laughs> totally scope it out like scope out like okay here's the entry here's what the neighbors are like you know and he would get it all written down and then he would take a picture of the pool and you go into his house and you'd put it on the map with like a string from how far it is from his, you know right total science you know what i mean Sick. but uh what the other thing we were doing doing towards the end like right before uh i got the call to go work at thrasher um we had figured out to look for hud homes housing and urban development so these are homes that are foreclosed or whatever yeah and and the rule on those is is that you got to empty the pool because because little little timmy might go in there and drown you know in in three feet of water right so we knew every single hud home that had a pool you know it was empty. So then, and, and every, every week, the weekly, uh, you know, uh, newspaper, the new times weekly, they would print the freaking addresses of all the houses. So we would just like, well, we can't hit all of them. Let's look at the ones in the neighborhood or, you know, the ones in the, the richer areas. And we just were rolling, bro. I mean, it yeah. was, it was great. And, and then pipes too. I mean, so many out there. yeah, we had, we had some great pipes and that was cause they're, you know, they got to bring water into the desert to water all the golf courses and all the lakes, you know, which, right. which, uh, which my, uh, one of my professors called it evaporation ponds. You know what I mean? But they had to bring all this water in from the Colorado river and wherever it went under a, a river, the, the canal went under a freeway or a riverbed that had to go down and they had to put a pipe. So we could kind of just, you know, look at all that and, you know, obviously dams and stuff would have them. But, uh, you know, we, again, we had so much stuff to choose from. We only had the best, like, let's, let's go to the good one. You know, like, like, why are we going to go to the crappy one? That's, that's like, you know, rough cement or whatever. So, yeah. you know, the best, the best one ever that I skated was, um, and that this one was in Thrasher. It was, uh, at Florence, just outside of the state pen. <laughs> which oh, was shit. a little freaky you know going busting into friggin a federal <laughs> <laughs> thing yeah at the pins right there but uh but it had you know had this big old long uh ditch coming down it right and then the ditch went into like a square right and then the square started with like this much transition and it just went you know so until i think about an 18 foot pipe so it went from square to a pipe. So, you know, if you're for your wall ride guys, you know, it was all you could hit it, whatever. But then it went downhill. So it was because oh, so it had to go as much on, speed as you need. Yeah. You know, because you'd had to go into the river. But man, I remember just, you know, if you went back and forth, it wasn't so bad. But if you started carving it, you know, it was just like, and I remember the first time I said, shoot, I'm just going to, you know, and I'm like screaming down the line and I go up <laughs> and, and as you're going up, right? Like if you're going up here, as you keep going, it's, I don't know if you can see my hand, it gets oververt, right? If you just kind of do a long drawn out front side, you may start at nine o'clock, but it, but three oh, or okay. four feet later, you know what I mean? And I was just like zooming. I don't even know how, how high it was, but it was oververt. I'm all, holy crap. And you know, my thing was always, damn, that's if, if fun. A, yeah, if I'm in some kind of grind and I don't feel comfortable, it's like a real deep pool. I grab the nose. It's kind of like a, just a, like my security blanket. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. I grabbed the nose, and then that threw me into like a, a tail slide maneuver. So I slid down on my tail from over Bert, you know, down to Bert, with just like holding on by my fingertips and let go and made it. I'm like, holy crap. But yeah, we skated that with, uh, you know, Tony Alva came out, Salba, Malba, Rob Roskop, Keith Meek, um, all these guys. Uh, and, and it wasn't just insane. But I'll tell you, of all those guys, who do you think got the highest in the pipe? Salba? See, you would say that, but nope. Malba, bro. Oh, he was yeah. just like freaking like on fire, man. Malba like, I mean, yourself, Salba's, I'm not saying nothing against Salba. He has power. He's freaking yeah. rad shooting pipes. But Malba was just like, I don't even know, man. It was just like, like so high up there. You know what I mean? Sick. And Is that pipe it, still there? No. It's there, but it's like filled with water. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I've got... I've never skated one on a hill like that. That sounds fucking... Oh, like yeah. You're yeah. just cruising and you're... Yeah, it's kind of like a U, you know what I mean? But it was so long that we did it, you know, and the middle part ended up having all kinds of big rocks and stuff in it. But Right. Well, the, the other good one was um, when they were... They built the, they built pipes in Phoenix, in downtown Phoenix. And, and I was driving by and I saw all these sections, like not... Like you think of a pipe section as like one whole pipe. Well, these were sections to make one whole pipe. So like about maybe five or six of them to make a whole pipe. Like, eh, 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 right? I'm like, holy shit, that looks like it could be pretty big, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I tell my buddies around, we start keeping an eye on it. And they dug, this was in Thrasher too. I think it was called Smoking the Pipe. And uh, they dug like, we called it a pickle barrel. Like they a big, like probably... I don't know, 30 foot, 40 foot diameter hole in the ground with wood all around it so it wouldn't cave in, right? And you went down about eight stories of, of uh, stairs, steps, and then there was this big ass pipe, you know? And uh, that one was probably, I don't know, I, I think there were two. I think there was one that was 18 and one that was 12. Mm. And that was in, uh, I think, Wheels of Fire and stuff. And what they ended up doing was they had the 18-footer, the and then they had two 12s that came together. And they were going to hook them all up. And we had great sessions there. I mean, because it was downtown, you know. It's like, we just, oh, yeah, it's just like underneath 7th Street, you know what I mean? And people weren't, ex like, what, it was no bust or nothing? Like, people didn't even expect you to be doing that kind of stuff back then, right? I mean, yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, like, something like that, and, and this is what used to piss me off about guys who would c come to a pool and friggin' street skate in front of the the house you know what i mean people are only going to know if see if you they see you going in you right. know or if, if you're like standing out there fucking around getting your, your board out of your car and like you know putting on grip tape or whatever yeah. or drinking beer like freaking get in and get out you know what i mean like once you went down those stairs into the hole in the ground hell nobody knew you were there uh -huh. you know what i mean and Damn. and we had some freaking rad ass sessions and then you know eventually they finished it and these were to drain the freeways, you know, like miles and miles of freeways, all the stuff would come down, all the water, and then it would dump into the pipe and the pipe would dump into the riverbed, right? So me and my buddy, Chad Stewart and uh, Michael Cornelius, I figured, well, hey, I know where it's got to dump out because it was at 7th Street. And so draw a straight line, 7th Street and the Salt River, right? And it's got to be there. And so, okay, I'm, I'll tell you what, and they're all, but it's wet. 
we know it's wet because it's wet. I'm like, okay, let's get a boat. So we friggin' got like a little, like, I don't know, a canoe, you know, maybe about 10 foot canoe. Or, actually, I think it was just the bottom part of a little sailboat, you know, a little Hobie or whatever. Yeah. And so we're, we go over there and to get there, we found where it was. We had to walk past a homeless camp carrying a boat in the middle of the <laughs> desert in summer. <laughs> and the guys amazing. are all, Hey, <laughs> where, where are you going? We're going, we're going fishing. Yeah. I mean, what? the whole thing is that like the adventure is half of it, right? Like going to glory hall, oh, yeah. getting the raft around the bend and yeah, just cleaning it out with the kitty litter or whatever you have to do to prep it. Like that whole thing is the experience. It's not just about skating a pipe or like whatever. It's like, finding it figuring out how to get there figuring out how to make the most of it and not getting busted those are all the keys oh yeah well no that i agree 100 percent. but i mean that's also you know what life is right like you could be like oh crap this drain and it sucks or whatever like you know the key litter but i mean you know you gotta just make the most out of everything you know yeah. i mean like like enjoy that i mean you're with your bros we we skated some pools that were like on you know million dollar houses on top of the mountain you know, killer view. I remember they had a picture of uh, Richard Nixon and the guy who owned the house, like just floating around. And we're just sitting in the back, back <laughs> of the shallow end, drinking beers and frigging skating, man. But no, so so anyway, so we we take this boat down there, right? And we got, I think we had one or two paddles, and we find the pipe. And this, I, 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 eighteen foot. I feel like maybe it was a twenty foot pipe. We, we see where it is, and it's got this much. It's got, like, how much is that? Like, about four feet, three feet from the top of the pipe to the water level, right? And we're all, well, it's got to be dry. If we paddle far enough in, it'll be dry, right? So we get in this boat, and we just start paddling, man. It's pitch black, you know? And and it starts getting kind of scary, you know? It took us, like, two two hours of paddling, underneath oh, downtown phoenix you know what i mean <laughs> which is you know like again about 60 feet at least above us and so we're paddling then you start having like freak outs like well what if they pump a bunch of water down here open the floodgates yeah what if there's uh what if there's crocodiles <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> nuclear zombies you know probably and you're like, rats for sure yeah you're thinking of all this crap bro. oh fuck it we're here man so we keep paddling and it, it starts to go down, right? So it's like we're getting down where, okay, three quarters of the way, halfway, you know, third quarter, and we're getting pretty low. We're almost to the point where we can't paddle and go, what if the water's running? That would suck. And, of course, as soon as you think that, you jinx it, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so, so we get to where it's just like a trickle. It's like about, you know, a couple, three inches. And it's fucking running, right? And we're all, shit. So we'll keep on going. So we keep on going. And, and we're skating now because you can skate, you know. Um, there's enough to skate. But we keep, of course, getting our board wet, you know, going going down there. Mm. And uh, it was, we tried. We found some rocks, made a dam, lasted about 20 seconds. You know what I mean? And I fuck. Um, but we went. Remember I told you there was like the 18, 20-foot uh, pipe and then the two 12-foot pipes coming in? We found it, man. It was like this cathedral of like of just gnar, you know, just like water dripping, like oh, like echoes and shit. And uh, yeah, so but we didn't get anything there. And we come back and we've fallen in the water a few times. We come back, it's friggin' freezing, you know. Walk, take the boat mile to the car. 
Man. But yeah. Is yeah. that 80s? Yeah, that was 80s. Yeah. All all this stuff was 80s cuz I I went to work for Thrasher. It might have been 90s, but I went to work for Thrasher in September 1990, so Okay. You know, all my Arizona stories are pre that pretty much. So was how did you get into it? What was the first pipe you went to and how did that all start? Was there older people that were hip to it that that clued you into it or yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of back in the old days, you know, if to get into the the crew, right? You had to have a pool. Like no one's going to tell you their pool unless you got a you. pool. Until like you can't like, you know, hey, you're going to pool and like, get the fuck out of here, kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, am I like, "Well, I got I got this one by my house. All right, let's go look at it." You know what I mean? And they look at it and they're like, "All right, you're cool." Uh, you know? okay. I'll take you to one pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then you kind of get in and you, you you show them you can skate or whatever and friggin' you know help out you know training or whatever and and that's kind of that's kind of how it was okay yeah. and uh true or false you grind the first wall of every pool you skate that's my yeah that's that's the arizona pool rule man i wrote it i think i'm <laughs> the only guy that does it <laughs> you know it has to be a good pool though that's the caveat it can't be one of these shitty salvaland pools that he just takes you so i took you to 12 pools when i came out you only took me to three i'm all yeah but dude i put my three up against any of yours any day motherfucker you oh know? man <laughs> and then did you kind of use the band as a vehicle to travel and and skate like you know outside of your area and stuff like where did you guys start touring or did that come later no yeah we started touring pretty much right off the bat um you know our 22 caliber tour we went down to tucson and i think uh maybe uh i don't know if that was california too but we played the cuckoo's nest uh which was where the, the hb strut slam dancing was invented oh. um we we played with you know and i was like 14 um, and that was too, I was getting into all these bars, you know what I mean? Cause Hey, I'm in the band. You want me to just play or not? You know, but, um, you know, the, I said, you know what, I, this is where the freaking slam dancing was invented in Huntington beach, Costa Mesa area. And I'm all, I want to go, I'm going to go out there and slam and, and the, the crowd are rad, but they're kind of a beach punk band. So they are a little happy, like not mm -hmm. like black flag, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I go out in the friggin' pit. And as soon as I get out there, I'm like, boom, boom, I got punched in the face like 30 times. As soon as I step into the freaking pit, man. And the rest of the time, I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's how that was for a mellow band. You know what I mean? I mean, that shit was no joke. But yeah, but yeah, we know we uh, we toured a lot. Um, you know, we, we had a big old full size school bus, big green bus painted green. And if you saw the big green bus, you knew JFA was coming to your town. To skate your shit so you know the friggin locals would see the bus and hey we got a ditch over here you know we got some pools over here. Like, yeah let's go man That's and there'd be all the club would be all well you gotta do sound check at three. Oh no we don't do sound checks you know it's like skate a ditch or friggin do a sound check you know yeah no. make the most of the time you have in that town yeah and that's kind of what we did man yeah we, all over like i could start naming stuff off but i'd miss like three quarters of you know most of it but like you know the clown ramp uh pflugerville's mm. ditch with the uh the big boys which was great you know east coast ramps um you know you name it man pools ditches little friggin banks you know that was what we did is uh 
speaking of the big boys, is it clear who the like first quote unquote skate rock band was? You know, that has been a bone of contention for some people, but I'll give it to the big boys because they were a band before us and they all skated. And but at the same time, there were other bands going way back that skated too, right? Um, but they were like the first punk band, the first known punk band that that's all skated. The okay. difference was, was we were like, yeah, we skate, fuck you. Like that was our whole thing. Like our whole thing was about skating. So, you know, like we had songs about skating and all this. So if I'm going to give it to anybody else, I'm give it to the big boys, you know, nine, nine days out of the week, you know, but um, yeah, I don't really care about that. You know what I mean? But I mean, sure. we, we would probably we would probably be number two, you know. And I, you would say, well, you could say we were the first ones with skating on the cover. But you look back at '60s bands, and they, there was, you know, yeah. dudes, you know, on the Jacks team or whatever, you know, doing that. But you know, if you're talking about like punk rock, skating, you know, like like we skate, fuck you, take us to your pools. That was us, right? You know, I mean, that's where we came from. I mean, when I was young having skateboarding on the cover of an album was just instant purchase. Like it was like, what? You yeah. know, you, you saw that and you're like, kids yeah. don't understand Aggression. that skating wasn't so popular. And so to see it like on vinyl and shit was just like mind blowing. It was like, Oh, these, whatever they're doing, I'm a part of that too, or whatever, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, back then being a punk rocker was an ass kicking offense, you know? Like, yeah. Dude, like that, that, the shit kickers, the cowboys in Arizona, the jocks, the hippie meddlers, right. cops, grandmas, you know, you name it. They'd be an angry mob coming down the street if you, they saw you skateboard, much less being a punker. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we were a definite minority and people talk to me sometimes. They're all, well, do you, did you like it back in the old days or, or did you like it then? You know, and, and what I say is, I mean, you know, back in the old days, there was no hardcore core. If you were a punk rocker skating pools, you were hardcore because yeah. you were going to get your ass kicked or whatever, you know, on a on a daily basis or chased or spit at or guy in a Camaro drives by, throws a bottle at your head, you know. So, you know, when you saw, like you're saying, when you saw a record and it wasn't cool to put skating on the cover, it, you know. That was like, oh, look at this. They still skateboard. They're like 15. Didn't they be all grown up and golfing uh, or something? Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But um, so that's how it was back then. If you saw someone, you know, punker, whatever kind of punker, you know, goth or, you know, just whatever, you're like, hey, what's going on, man? Are there any shows around or what's, what, what are you doing? Any parties? Right. But, you know, now it's so blown out, right? There's everybody's you know, has a punk rock band they like, and there's grandmas that have tattoos now, you know what I mean? Now, and, uh, you know, it's everywhere and, and it's, is it's not as pure. Let's just say that, right. It's been, there's a lot of commercialized stuff, but at the same time, you know, we don't have to jump fences anymore and run from cops unless we want to, to skate pools. You know, um, there's killer ass parks everywhere. Less chance you're going to get a beat down for skating something and and the guys the pros and and girls women that are they're riding are getting paid you know money commensurate with putting their lives on the line you know more than a lot of professional uh athletes do anyway so you know 
No, I mean, for me, it's perfect timing. You know what I mean? Like now I'm older. I don't really want to freaking run from cops no more. I got a job that doesn't look good on a resume. You know what I mean? So we were talking about that. Like it ain't cool to be in the backyard (laughs) of somebody else's house. And you're like, I'm 50. I don't know what I'm doing back here. Dude, I was with Salba skating a pool in, uh, uh, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere Salba land, um, Fontucky, I think. And it was a, it was a you know semi small uh, apartment complex, mm. square pool, good corners, um, graffiti everywhere. You know, dirty ass. You know, obviously, you know the hobos and shit were living there, whatever. And we're skating having a pretty good time, and then the friggin' owner shows up. He's all, I called the cops. You're gonna be arrested. Are you just wait? You gotta stay right here. I'm locking <laughs> you in. Like blah blah blah. Like, oh. And then the cops show up, right? And, uh, you know, the cops went, okay, guys, let me see your ID. Uh, okay, all right, Brian Brandon, uh, you know, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Steve Alba. Steve Alba? Did you used to skate Upland? <laughs> <laughs> I still do, bro. <laughs> like, hey, I used to skate there, too, with you, man, the pipeline. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. And then the cop turns to the apartment complex owner. He goes, you know, if you look in here, these guys cleaned out this pool. They got all the water out, all the shit and piss. There's no mosquitoes breeding in here. And they're keeping the druggies away. You should be thanking them. Yeah. I'm going to let them go with the horn. <laughs> We're just like, fuck, I wish we had the video rolling right then, man. That was beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's yeah. out there, you know? I mean, that's kind of in the same vein as what you were saying earlier about, like, grandmas have tattoos now. Cops used to skate now. You yeah. Know? So there, sometimes you do have like a lenient guy that's like oh, i know fucking malba i went to school with whoever and you're like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um talk about uh the thrasher covers um the first one was at the love bowl right uh yeah and how did that all come about was that like you were skating there and bryce happened to be there or did they call you and say hey we want to go shoot photos for the mag or yeah i think they came out because I think they knew about it. They heard rumblings about it. And, you know, we always had all kinds of other stuff going on out there. I I, I think I was writing for the mag back then, too. And they would send oh. me to contests. And, I, you know, I wouldn't even go to the contest. I'd write about a freaking, you know, go skate a pool or something. Write about that. And then put the results at the end or whatever. You know what I mean? And they're like, all right, I guess so, whatever. But uh, so, no, they came out. And, uh, you know, the, the Love Bowls, there was two of them. And they're these giant, uh, they're, they're like for photos, you know what I mean? Like it was a backdrop for a car commercial, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're backdrops. So, and they were, they had the transition so there wouldn't be a shadow. Right. And like the, the one that we were skating had some, some, uh, clouds on it, you know, it was like a blue sky with clouds painted on it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they could turn it you know, in different directions to catch the sunlight the way they wanted it. And we were out there pressing the button, you know, but uh, no, that was just, uh, Bryce came out and um, we were just all skating. And I think I was getting the highest that day, you know, was the thing. Um, and right. so that's, that's what they used. And then I wrote a story about it called, or there was a story called tall tales, you know, it's like, uh, and they actually started my story. They had, I had the cover and then they started the first, you know, paragraph of my story on the cover, which was like, holy shit. And it's like, you know, hey, hey, you little whippersnappers, 
you know, let me tell you a story back when skate rock was a wheel and, uh, you know, some, some other crap, you know, and I'm just like, it's like tall tales, right? You know, like, you know, with most of which were true, actually, for us Arizona guys. That wasn't the first time you were in the mag, though, on the cover, was it? Oh, yeah, that, that was the first, the, the love on the cover. No, but you had been in the mag previously to that, yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. We had a Some people, of a couple of people, I think Chuck Trees, his first photo ever was the cover. I was like, damn. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my first photo was, um, well, so we went and played Frisco one time, drove the bus up there at the Tool and Dive. They had a thrash out of skate rock event two nights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the Scoundrels played, Tony Alves band, the Big Boys, um, Los Olividados. I don't know if the Drunk Engines did. For some reason, I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Faction, uh, you know, and so they did an article. Mofo jumped in the, the bus with us at some point, you know, so he, he was with us and got pictures of that. But we went to, to um, Ermico, you know, where they make indies, and he wanted to shoot an ad. And so he gave me a board. He gave me a Madrid um, ramp stick, I think it was, a rampage, rampage. Yep. And I and I did a friggin' uh, my my big thing back. To my jump ramp trick was uh, all lay back ollie off a jump ramp, you know. So you ollie and put your hand down. And uh-huh. so he like sat underneath me and shot me going over him. And I think that was my first like I think official photo. I don't know. You know, actually, I think. Uh, I got to put a plug in right here. I think my first photo was at this pool called Dead Cat, which huh. was this huge, is the biggest Roman end you ever saw in your life. It had six love seats, if that tells you how big it is. Fuck. <laughs> the coping yeah. was like this big, you know, just like thick, you know. Um, and that was there forever. That pool was so big. They put a friggin' Cadillac Eldorado in it one time <laughs> to keep the skaters from skating. And it barely even, like, barely took up. You could skate around it. Oh, damn. <laughs> but it was just huge ass. Yeah, yeah, huge ass Roman in. Um, and it was there forever. But the reason I say we got to put a uh, plug in is because um, my buddies at AZPX uh, Skateboards, they're like the Arizona punks, they did a video recently called High Rollers which is about high roller skate parking's got all this friggin' dead cat stuff in it. Man. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Shelton is pretty much the star of that one. Just like he was back in the day. We called him Biff Burley, you know, Biff cause Burley. he would just, yeah, he would just destroy any friggin' pool, like nobody's business, you know? Wow. But, yeah. There was some good crews back there. That pool lasted about, I don't know, 10, 12 years until the point, when the neighbors were all sick of it, you know what I mean? They finally, you know, with 10, 12 years, pretty good run for a backyard pool. Okay. Um, but the neighbors would call the cops anytime they saw a car that they didn't know. Cause it was, you know, like a closed street or whatever. So we started going there before friggin' sun up when the neighbors were sleeping and station a guy at the corner with a, with a walkie talkie. Mm. <laughs> so right. when the cops came, you know what I mean? But you know, there were dudes riding that thing with uh you know, like, like one inch ride, two inch wide trucks. Donnie Ho uh, was a big, big ripper. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, at a young age, or what? When did you kind of like start noticing magazines and like, oh, that guy's rad and stuff? Like, who were your earliest influences 
that you saw in the mag and you're like, that's the dude. Oh, shoot, man. Chris Stropo, Wally Anui, you know, uh, Caster Bros, um, mm. you know, Bat, Brad Bowman, you know, uh, Bert Lamar, um, Salba, um, you know, Dwayne, who came, came a little later. Um, but, you know, that was when Skateboarder, you know, was just, that was the mag, you know, right. for, for a long time. And, you know, you the, the centerfolds were so good, you know, everyone, you know, Here's, I'd have all the freaking center folds up there, like Kyle Jensen. Like, he had a killer photo. That was the only time I ever heard of him, but he had a killer backside air at uh, uh, Oasis, I think, in San Diego with the sunset. Uh, you know, Steve Olson, yeah. uh, Pineapple, Doug Saladino, who actually me, Pineapple, Steve Olson, and Salva were in a band together called the 169ers. And uh, we we only played one one show. We played out in uh, skate park of Houston, like an after party for their like big event they have. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I was giving pineapple shit because he was like all cholo back then. You know, he's all he had an an interview and he said it said you know they do the poll quote, punk is bunk. <laughs> I'm all yeah, dude, punk is bunk. Huh? <laughs> is that is that what it is? I'm bunk. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was that was some fun. That was a fun show. My favorite thing about playing with those guys was just looking over at Olsen playing bass and just seeing the smile on his face. Man, just so stoked to fucking be doing it, man. Oh, Olsen, that was a good. Best. Yeah, that was. We need to try and get that together sometime again. But that's That'd fun. be amazing. Yeah. yeah, back then, like with less tricks, um, people emphasized much more. I mean, today's style still super important. But back yeah. then, with fewer tricks, style was like a deal breaker. If you did something shitty, you were kind of cut. So you had to like do it right, you know. Oh and those yeah, those were I mean, the guys that were doing. I mean, Olsen forever with the style and oh yeah, uh, Jay and those guys. It just had those, oh yeah, like, all the know. Dogtown guys. I didn't mean to leave them out, but every single Dogtown guy for sure. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you would look at photos for everything. You're looking like finger like. What is what is the guy's hand doing? You know, and right. be like, like if you look at some of Salba stuff, he's got the one, you know, you know, like five yeah. foot frontside air out of the fifteen foot bowl, and up then he's got the freaking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when the you guy know, gets his classic style move, that means he's really busting because he's not thinking about what he's doing, and he just does the yeah, normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and that's I never really thought about the hands. Like, like when I'm doing a frontside air, a lot of times you'll be like, you'll I'll be look like I'm flipping people like i'm flipping the bird but that's just normal that's what my hand does normally right (laughs) and the one thing i did learn uh recently from talking with uh, dave radigy is um you know don't hold your breath Mm. right because when you go up the wall like take a deep breath you know on the flat so that when you're going up you got nice air and you're just going right you're just like relaxing through it right Mm. because i you know i look at pictures of me i'm all you know, I'm just like holding my breath, you know, you know, like oxygen starvation. You know what I mean? I mean, I make sure I make sure it's a freaking tuck me and all that shit. But that's as far as I got. Like I was never a pro where I worried about like, you know, sticker placement or fucking finger, whatever. But you know, you think about it, and it does make sense, and it kind of gives you that, you know. Yeah, so, and with uh, Instagram now, you can zoom in on the facial. Yeah. <laughs> really 
Yeah, I noticed like in a lot of my Instagram stuff, I have my arm up, you know what I mean? And that's not on purpose. That's just what I do because if I'm going to fall, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm going to fall. <laughs> I'm going to roll. You know what I mean? That's like when we were watching like Tommy Guerrero used to do Smith grinds and his both arms would be like perfect back. And we would like motion our arms. To, this yeah. is how we have to do it. This is how we have yeah. to do it. You know, you would yeah. see Aaron Murray or whoever and you'd be like, Dude, that's the style, like his arm, yeah. his hand. Jake yeah. used to always talk about Cardiel's hand or Mike Carroll's hand, like it would yeah. be like flip. Cardiel kinda. had his own own kind of hand thing going on. Yeah. It was, red, it was yeah. so sick, like the silhouette, yeah. you could tell who it is. You're like, oh, yeah. There. But, uh, no, I was going to say that other cover that you got, like the first one was at the Love Bowl, and it's kind of like a more artsy shot because it's an overview of the whole spot and you're a little smaller. Right. But the right. second cover, it's like fisheye. You're right in there in the pipe. And uh, yeah. I think KT shot it. And you got the sunset in the background. That yeah. one's just so epic. Like, uh, how does it feel when you see yourself on the cover for the first time back then? Like, is it's a pretty big deal, right? Oh, dude, yeah. And it was huge, you know. <laughs> and uh, I knew that, that KT was going to get something because we sat there and I did it like 20 times. You know what I mean? That... And that, what I was doing there, it, it was, uh, I would go up fakie and kind of slide, like put, put my layback hand and slide, but then grind on the side of the pipe over vert. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my thing. And, um, but I, I kept doing it cause I wanted to get a good one, like a good grind, you know, not just, you know, part partially. So when I saw it, I was super stoked, but I was pissed. <laughs> if you, if you look at the cover, and you see it, they turned it this way. They tilted oh, yeah. the cover. The opposite, so it looks like you're lower. It looks like I'm lower. I'm like, and uh, Ken McGuire, when I went to work for Thrasher, I'm all, bro, you were the art director. What the hell were you doing right there? He's all, oh, man, it's an art thing, bro. You wouldn't understand. I'm all, no, I don't understand. You're going to freaking tilt it, tilt it tilt this it way. The other so, way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sturt used to shoot photos like that on purpose to make the yeah. guy look gnarlier. Fuck. But I mean, because you can look, always look at the uh, the horizon uh -huh. too. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, because there were, I mean, there were some mountains in there, but you can still see it's kind of like this. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I, you know, I'll take it. The guy who was in charge of uh, speed wheels back in the day, he was super stoked because I was riding bullet sixty sixes and it was perfectly in focus <laughs> the wheels. You know, so oh, okay, yeah, right so, on yeah. the cover. So, yeah, speed wheels for life, bro. Indeed, uh, speed wheels. Yeah. <laughs> okay, nah. um, I was going to say, getting back to the band stuff, um, we talked a little bit about big boys, but uh, there was obviously other skate rock bands and stuff. Was there some competitive nature? Were there some that you're just like, you ain't skate rock? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Because I know like there was vibes and shit always. So like... There had to have been like, nah, that band's cut, or these guys are cool, or, or was it more like the mag was dictating that? Well, everybody had their own opinions, you know. Like I say, back in, back when it was first coming out, anyone who skated or was punk was like, you're good, man, you know, like hell yeah, bro, like hell, let's play, let's go, go drink beers, whatever, you know. At a point, you know, I don't, I think we were the first band to have our own boards, and and. uh then everybody a year or so later all these other bands have boards and a lot of them don't even skate and right. so that's where i started to get rankled you know and uh 
And still to this day, you know, the misfits, they don't fucking skate. Why are they, you know, uh, come on, man. You can look their music, but yeah. you're taking, you know, you're taking money away from a pro skater. If you could have bought a pro board, you know, mm. or at least a band that skates, you know what I mean? So right. I was, I actually kind of got in trouble for, uh, I wrote a letter to Thrasher. It was in, uh, I think it was in trash. I challenged all the bands, the so-called skate bands to a contest. No uh, except for the faction, because, you know, because they had cab and that's <laughs> <Cab>. not fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, everybody else, I mean, I'm like, you know, I don't want to call, because I actually, I pissed some, some guys off on that, you know, so it, which, uh, you know, now we're cool, so I don't want to fuck with it too much. <laughs> okay. Right. All <laughs> but right. look it up, man. <laughs> so that's, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm pretty much cool with all, with all those guys. Still not cool with the Misfits. Uh, first time we played San Francisco, we played the Fillmore, and we played with the Misfits, Meat Puppets, and uh, the Lude, who was local from San Francisco. Oh, sick, yeah. Yeah, so I think we might have been on first. It was one of our early shows, and, and the Meat Puppets back then were just totally weird, like, you know, fuck you, we're going to play weird-ass shit, you know, and the yeah. punk is all, you know, uh, what the fuck, what the fuck. And they're from the Arizona too, right? Oh yeah, they're 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 our bros, man. We played. Oh, uh, those they are the best, man. If you see them coming to your town, go see them because they're yeah. killer. Then it's a Misfits turn, and they take like an hour and a half to come on stage, and <laughs> like the crowd, makeup. yeah, putting on all their makeup and it's locked. They can't even go in their backstage or whatever. And it's like that total not punk, and everyone's all come on, what the fuck, you know? Everyone's getting kind of angsty. Um, and they finally come on, and and Don says uh, they they looked and sounded like shitty Kiss. <laughs> so, so the the bass players got like uh, you know like like twelve basses all with a, a skull on the friggin' uh, headstock, and he starts just breaking them, like a play a song, break a bass, play a song, break. And it was all like, come on, really? Fuck you guys! What the? Uh. You got the fucking act. We got, you know, because it was pretty, it was a rough crowd, let's just say that. So then the drummer gets pissed off and he freaking jumps over this, knocks his drums down, jumps into the freaking crowd, gets, you know, fight. And he got his ass fucking wolf, bro. <laughs> he comes back limping up on stage like a shadow of his former self, you know, like, uh, uh, you know kind of dragging a leg behind him, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I'm talking to this guy I just, just met, this kid. And uh, we're sitting on the edge of the stage, bands playing behind us, looking out, and the fucking bass player comes up and sinks his bass into this kid's skull right next to me that I'm talking to. Like, Whoa. I saw it go in about this deep. And the Whoa. kid's all, you know. And that was it. That was it. We were going to kill the fucking misfits. Like, the whole, in, the whole entire crowd right there. That just opened the friggin', like, no you know. Everyone fucking they run up into their uh, backstage and you know they they clear it you know kick everybody out and uh, we were just patrolling the edge waiting for him to come you know like what door right, you got that door over there you know like like oh, three or four hundred punkers man that was in SF yeah but uh, yeah the cops came and eventually dispersed us and that kid's got to take lithium for the rest of his life now like he wasn't dead but it's like so. Anyway, no that's my misfit. So that's the only band that has a skateboard. You know, nowadays I'm like, whatever, dudes. I mean, what are you going to do? Like there's, you know, Britney Spears probably has a skateboard. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. 
Fuck, that's gnarly though. Dude, it was you know, like after like luckily for the misfits, everyone was in shock for a minute or two, you know. It took everyone a time gave them time to get the fuck out of there, man. So yeah, so that's the only band we kinda got still you know, have some beef with, you know, and hey, if you, if anyone else, if they like them or whatever, that's fine, you know, because you probably don't know the story or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, like you can't, like, I can't be like, yeah, the misfits. You know I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Damn, that's yeah. gnarly. Can you give me one second? Take a quick piss break. Yeah. Okay. I'll be right back. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, another first impression with Timothy Donald McKenney. Jody Foster's Army, a.k.a. JFA. And you got Brian Brandon on the show. Wow. My first impressions has to be in the era of the damage video, where both me and the legend Phil Shaw used their music in our parts and my first impressions too coming back into the game was looking up typing up my name just to see if, if i could find some footy in jfa's songs to the parts coming up as you google it so that's forever a part of history in my history is using that music for my skateboard part and uh it will go down as a classic time in my life and i thank you jfa for making that a classic part of my life Shout out, Brian Brandon, you're the shit. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden, and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Uh, what would, What's your guys' writing formula for songs? Do you, like, the music comes first and then the lyrics, or how does it work? Oh, man, we're all over the place because we, like... You know, it's it's pretty democratic. You know, Don writes a lot of songs, so he's he's just got this stockpile that he, he's busting out. But oh. I'll write, you know, I, I write them. Uh, and then uh, we got Corey Stretz on bass now and Mike Tracy on drums. 
uh, they'll have been with us forever, and they'll they'll write some stuff too. And it's you know just whatever works. You you know sometimes you hear a certain word or whatever. Or you there's something you want to say, and sometimes you're just messing around and you got a cool little riff thing, and then it's like that's the hardest ones for me is having the music first and then write lyrics for it mm-hmm. because then I'm like oh it's that's not perfect you know what I mean like yeah. I just like spend forever making something that fits where if I just get something in my head this is what I want to say and then I'm like blah 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 and then write the music you know right. so but either way works you know I can't tell you which one's better if we, if there any of them are any good but you know yeah uh we got the the sh- possibly the shortest song of all times. What to think of five seconds? I think I can count. Yeah, count. <laughs> yeah, if you don't count the one, two, three, four at the beginning, yeah, yeah. And that that was a thing too. Like back then, we we uh, like to say we were the fastest band in the West. <laughs> but, uh, we had like our, our original drummer, Bam Bam Man. He was made to play that kind of hardcore, like. He was made to play drums. Or like, if you ever saw us back in the day with Bam Bam, and you could watch him, mm. like, holy crap, you know. And then Michael Cornelius is super talented bass player, like right, right in the pocket, and then like all kinds of runs, and then Don. So I mean, we we had it going um, back then. The sad thing was, was he, Bam Bam, got into metal. You know what I mean? And kind of uh. just, he was a great metal drummer, but he to me was like, like you know. Chuck Biscuits from DOA, when he was in DOA, um, Rat Scabies and Bam Bam, you know, like like not even maybe in that order, you know, mm-hmm. as, as great punk drummers. Right. You know, it's, same thing happened with uh, Chuck uh, Biscuits, you know, when DOA, he's just like, you listen to Hardcore 81 and his drums are just so fast and tight, you know, and then he went to play with Social Distortion, which are great, great guys, great band, but it doesn't show off his ability, right. you know. It's not like like he was made to be, you know, you know what I mean. So, right. Anyway, that's my there's my drummer thoughts. <laughs> okay, um, who was Johnny D? And if there was a new verse, what things would you be singing about hating in 2020? Ah, uh, we already got some of those songs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Johnny D was a, a DJ, and there was a, a Phoenix radio station called K15, mm. and they they played new wave and punk. But they didn't really play that much punk, you know what I mean? And so um, we wrote a song kind of calling them out for it, of like, well, dude, where where's the friggin' black flag? Where's the adolescence, you know? Right. Um, was the thing. And uh, forever, Johnny D hated us. Like, of course, they they never played any JFA up till that point, and they damn sure never were going to play any JFA after that, you know? And uh, I think he wanted to fight us and all this stuff. And then we fast forward like 20 or 30 years and somehow we got in contact. And he's all, you know what, bro, I, I wanted to fucking fight you for the longest time. But then I realized uh, you made help make me famous. You know, your song brought my name out to all these other dudes. Oh, my God. You know, and so then we did we had a, uh, a tribute album. Uh, it's called All In. And it's all these bands doing our songs, right? And there's some pretty good ones on good covers. Like, I like the ones that where they don't play it like we do. You know, they take it a different way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Johnny D actually had a band called, called Johnny D and the Moose Sticks, right? And they had a song back there called I Hate JFA, uh-huh. right? So I'm all, I called up Johnny D. I'm all, hey, Johnny, you got to do I Hate JFA. 
on this freaking compilation, bro. I hate JFA. They're such fucking geeks playing that two chord shit, trying for a punk band hit. You're so lame. Phoenix is game. You suck. Your life's in a rut. Go on and die. You're why I know. You're just four fuck weirdos on skateboards. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good one, man. It's it's, a, it's pretty pretty funny. Huh. Um, but uh, as far as what we hate in 2020, I mean, same shit that we always hated. You know, fakeness. Uh, we got a song called Intolerance, you know, which is just, you know, hating people because they're different, you know, mm. which is pretty widespread right now. Mm. Um, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement kind of speaks volumes to that, yep. uh, that that stuff's been going on. You know, we don't go into politics too much. We just never want to be like a crass type of band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I mean, kind of our opinion is, has always been like, hey, do whatever you want, but don't be a jerk, you know, don't freaking, yeah, don't, don't be a fucking idiot or dickwad to people. And there's a lot of those going on right, right. now too. You know what I mean? And yeah, so that's pretty much, uh, that's nothing's really changed. The stuff we hate. <laughs> we spoke a little bit about it before, but, um, mask or no mask. I'm masked, bro. You look on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, but Don's all, Hey, you should get a picture. And, uh, of Reagan and put a mask on him and put join Fauci's army JFA. Oh, I'm all, whoa. Oh, let me call up Rob from AZPX. And, and he did it and it's killer. No way. And uh, I'm all, Hey, should we do a shirt? And I'm all, no, I just wanted to give it to my friend or whatever. And Rob's all, Hey, let's do a shirt. I'm all, Hey, if you want to do a shirt, let's do a shirt. So we did, we did some shirts. It's Reagan, Reagan wearing a mask, JFA join Fauci's army. And uh, it's got more likes than any of my other Instagram freaking posts oh, ever. Fucking key. But uh, yeah, I, I know. Like, and there was like probably ninety nine percent of the comments are people liking it. But there's like I think two guys that that kind of, you know, oh, mask is a conspiracy, or it's like some. He said, mm. so, oh, this wasn't even on my one. It was on Rob's, but it's like it's some bullshit um, agenda. And I'm right. all, do you know what a bullshit agenda is? Is saying that, you know, downplaying the use of masks for an airborne virus while more than 145,000 Americans die. That's a freaking bullshit agenda. Yeah. And the the thing that is puzzling me on a lot of this stuff is why everybody has to politicize everything. Like, why can't there just be a right and wrong? Why does it have to be right and left? You know, right. Why do you have to be like <laughs> like Dems and Republicans? And I'll tell yeah, you why. Yeah, it's like, oh, if I'm a Republican, no mask. If I'm a Democrat, mask. It's like, no, no, no. If you're a smart human, mask. That's right. it. Well, well, I'll give you a freaking conspiracy theory. Is all roads lead to Putin. Who benefits from our country where we once respected each other because we're all Americans, no matter Democrat or Republican? Hey, you're an American. You're entitled to your opinion. You know, I'll support it. You know, that's what free speech is all about. You can think what you want. We may argue. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're still an American. You're my neighbor. You know, cool. That's not how it is right now. We're, we're, I've got a song called, this is one of those songs that I'm still, you know, uh, just agonizing over the lyrics. And it's called the divided states of America, right? And that's yeah, what we are. We're, we can't get shit as, yeah, we can't get shit done because 
we all hate each other uh, based on whether you're red or blue or whatever. And who benefits from that? Our adversaries, our right. enemies, you know, Russia, yeah. China, Iraq, because we can't even decide if we like masks in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Meanwhile, we have more people dying uh, of the pandemic than any other country. Who does that benefit? Our adversaries, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's all this thing where, you know, people can come in and throw these crazy conspiracy theories out and people believe them. You know, like, oh, well, I hate Democrats, so it must be true. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, they got, I heard one the other day that there's uh, there's two million, uh, two million sex slaves underneath the Getty Museum in Los Angeles being kept there by the Democrats. Like, like, I mean, you know, okay, who shot Kennedy? All right, maybe that's, you know, but I mean, stuff that just is made to turn us against each other is the worst thing ever and and that mm -hmm. division is not the way to go bro so that i hate that too <laughs> yeah and i mean i've been doing a because i can only listen to things now like i don't have a lot of options so i'm either walking and listening to the news or a podcast or or howard stern or whatever so i'm getting a lot of data in my brain and one of the things that keeps coming up is like the conspiracy theory is obviously popular because we have been lied to in the past. So people yeah. don't want to believe everything, which I totally get the, sure. the whole sheep mentality. You don't want to be a sheep and just follow. But there's a difference between that and being educated with your opinions and figuring out, like, if there's even a 5% chance of me killing my grandma, I'm wearing a mask so she doesn't die. Like, that's right. that's a no brainer. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with politics. It's just like, yeah. I want people to live. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I mean, so I don't yeah, know. You know. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, and it's a lot of, cause I mean, it's selfish too, you know, to not wear a mask is selfish because you're not, if everyone else is wearing a mask, but you're the only one that's not, you're safe, mm -hmm. but you could be infecting everybody else because your stuff can still be breathed in through the mask. Right. So that's even like more selfish, you know, it's like, yeah. well, the whole, th yeah, the whole thing seems, I mean, we definitely are a self-absorbed. That's what Instagram has made us me, yeah. me, 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 me. That's it. Speaking of Instagram, I do have one question from, uh, uh, I put out, I was interviewing you and this guy had one. I, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but his name's Crowbar Anonymous. And he says, do you still have a grudge with Gigi Allen? I never had a grudge with Gigi Allen, but unless, take this story for what it's worth. Okay. I went to cover Gigi Allen when he played San Francisco one time for Thrasher. And uh, he comes on, pulls his pants down, and starts shitting on the fucking stage, right? And like throwing turds. And you could tell right at that moment that he didn't have a very healthy diet. <laughs> Just... <laughs> From, from the wateriness of his shit, right? So he's flinging poop like, like a fucking monkey. Everyone's like fucking standing back, right? You know, ducking. Oh, I, yeah. I got a poop story. You want? I got a poop story for you. My wife told me never to tell it, so <laughs> I may not be able to tell you, but if you really want to hear it. But this, she didn't say I couldn't tell this one. So he's doing all this crazy shit, peeing, you know, singing, whatever. And then he, like, puts down the mic because, like, you know, they're doing a instrumental part or whatever, and he just everybody's like, Whoa! right? And they just back the fuck up. And, you know, me, I've been a veteran of many a fucking punk rock pit at the Cuckoo's Nest, whatever. I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck, nothing scares me, man. I'm right here. 
you know, and he comes by and, he, and he's like doing the totally like just skipping along, da, 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 you know, waving to everybody. And he comes right up to me and he just comes by and he just puts his friggin' finger right under my nose, just rubs his finger. I'm like, run in the bathroom like the sinks are full with guys just like friggin' like uh, lava soap you know trying to get you up there i'm gonna get the fuck out of the way man Ah!" right so i mean that was my only beef with him must have known about that one or something (laughs) yeah i just i that was my only beef that I was stupid enough to fucking stand there, you know, which I, I blame that on me. So I don't, mm. I don't have no beef with Gigi Allen. Rest what, in peace, bro. <laughs> what's, what's like one of your most memorable, uh, whether I saw you guys play at the nude bowl, I think it was with one man army. I forget what yeah. year. that was nineties or something, but, uh, yeah. something like that where you just like, dude, it was insane. We're at the side of the bowl or whatever. Yeah. Or playing with another band in Europe or something that was huge. I don't know. Oh, see, I had you. Now you're just like adding twelve <laughs> more stories to the list. Uh, yeah, the nude bowl stuff. We played the Paula Pool mm-hmm. in San Diego, and that was rad. Just a killer session going on, man. You know, and that's just like that's our bread and butter. You know, we love. You know, that's just like, hey, this is this is what it is. This is you know why we live and breathe. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, first time we played L.A., we played at the Ukrainian Culture Center with um, the Lude, Bad Religion, and Bad Brains. And that was the first time the Bad Brains ever played uh, L.A. So no oh. one knew what to expect. You know oh, what I mean? Shit. So And just, uh, you know, like four black guys come on, start playing like the fastest, most tight punk rock music you ever you know, Whoa! And then, uh, then H.R., that dude was just a maniac, man. Yeah, he was just like flips. Oh. And- yeah, yeah, like, like, like. I, I was, I could probably see him this big. You know what I mean? And he's like, dude, 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 dude. You know what I mean? And wow. and that was just crazy. So that was that was good. Um, yeah, that's we, amazing. Yeah, when we played in Austin with the big boys, they took us to skate Pflugerville Ditch. Ooh. Um, they wondered why we were waiting so long in the van. They thought it was because we. We're waiting to see if they skated, but you know, we were just having a safety meeting, you know what I mean? Drinking uh-huh. a couple beers and stuff yeah. before. And to this day they're all you you yeah, you guys were just checking us out to see if we skated. Oh uh-huh. no, dudes, we, we knew you guys skated. That wasn't the thing. I mean <laughs> we were just getting we were just getting ready, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so so we skated Pflugerville Ditch and then we then they took us to a friggin' Austin style barbecue, which was they closed off the entire block and had a barbecue for us. And then we went and, and played at this place called Liberty Lunch, this huge theater where you'd have like ballet or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so so we played and it was cool. And then they play and me and Bam Bam are sitting kind of up, you know, high up just so we can see everything. And they say, all right, everybody, we're going to do uh, fun, fun, fun. Everybody come up on stage and, and sing along with us. And no shit, the entire crowd, like 500 people <laughs> went up on stage. And me and Bam Bam are just looking at each other going, that's pretty fucking cool, man. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, played with Minor Thread at the um, 930 Club in uh, D.C. That was good. Um, anytime we played with TSOL, the Vandals, um, back when they had Steve-O, the, the 
when they were good. Mm -hmm. um, the original Vandals, they had us, they had us, we played with them a bunch of times. They had a song called The Frog Stomp. And uh, Steve knew a uh, high school science supply warehouse. So we would go and buy a bunch of formaldehyde frogs to be, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so <laughs> PSOL and 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 uh, the Vandals are staying at Don's apartment in downtown Phoenix, second floor, right? And uh, Steve-O comes up, and uh, you know, there's some some ladies just laying by the pool in their bikini. He starts hucking frogs, and like, frog lands on a lady. He's just trying to throw them in the pool, I guess he is. <laughs> and you know, Don almost got kicked out, and then you know. He, they, they play live and they start just chucking frogs at everybody and you're stomping them. Uh, we played with them at the at the Dancing Waters, which had waterfalls behind in San Pedro. We did a, I don't know, can you see this one right there? The uh, yeah, Zona Rosa. Yeah, that was a, that was a benefit we did for the Channel Street Skate Park, like first yeah. iteration. But that was the same place, and you know, there's all these frogs in the friggin' thing. Uh, we played. I could talk about the Vandals all day, man, because they were cool. Um, so I, we played with Suicidal. I think it was their first show they ever played was in Watts at, at this place. Wow. Um, and I think I have, a, I have a flyer where I think they're, they're in pretty small print because no one knew who they were. You know, they look, J-Play, Suicidal. I said, hey, I didn't make the flyer, guys. <laughs> Mike, love you guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I love those guys. But, uh, but no, it was like that was the first show I think they played. They might have played some others, but it was pretty early in their career. They, you know, they got huge real quick. Mm. But um, me and Steve-O from the Vandals go into this liquor store, and we're all looking, and I'm all, hey, let's get this. Uh, cold grape malt duck. Sounds good, man. So, all right. And, and then these friggin' gangbangers come in there. Oh, you can't buy that, man. That's our gang's fucking beer, bro. I'm all right. No problem. Hey, no, we're cool. And the friggin' <laughs> owner comes in. Hey, you want that beer? You buy that beer. You buy it. I want you to buy it. No, I don't want to buy it no more, man. No, <laughs> you must buy it. Here, I'll give it to you. So, all right, all right, all right. So, so we walk out, and we're, you know, where are we going to drink this beer? And there's a, a storm drain right outside, you know, with a manhole cover. You know, there's curb, and then the water goes in, right? So we lift up the manhole cover, and me and Steve are under the manhole cover, just like looking out through this, you know, the storm drain drinking beer, right? And like you see like chicks and, you know, the punk chicks in their high heel boots or whatever walking by and finish off the six pack. All right, time to go. We we get up and like I'm first one out there and I'm open up the mantle cover and I'm holding. I just got like, I think my middle finger through the little hole. I'm like holding it while Steve was coming up the ladder and yeah. it starts to go. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> the fucking mantle cover, dude. Crashed and fell on his head. Oh. Like I dropped the manhole cover. Like I mean, heavy, heavy, right? Yeah. And uh, he just comes up. <laughs> hey, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, all right, let's go. So then we play, and afterwards, Stevo, this like you would never, never not pay Stevo. If the Vandals play, don't try and like get out of paying the band. Because I wasn't at this one, but one time he went and he pulled a friggin' grenade. <laughs> you know, pulled the pin on a grenade. Everybody out! Just me and him! <laughs> you know? <laughs> Damn! But, uh, and that, this might have even been the same show, I don't know. But uh, but then afterwards, <clears throat> a bunch of the bombs and the guys who worked at the club had a fire going outside. And Steve-O threw some magnesium in it. And if you know anything about magnesium, is it 
it doesn't need oxygen to burn. It's a very flammable metal. You get it hot enough, it's just going to burn. There's really nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> and the dudes are like trying to pour beer on it to get it up. But yeah, man, that was Steve. He was like, that's he's a man. So yeah, man. Any show with the Vandals, how's that? Okay. <laughs> man, I would have died to have been at that uh, Bad Brains one, the first ever. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think I was 14 at that one. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that was when the cop, the L.A. riot, L.A. punk riots were going on, and the cops just hated the punks, right? It was on Melrose Street. So we got done playing. I decided to take a walk out front, and I just look for both ways, as far as I can see, is nothing but cop cars with their with their lights on, right? Just like just blinking red lights and all this stuff, and I'm smoking a clove. I'm all, huh? And I'm walking down the street, and guy, cops just Billy Club and freaking bunker. I'm like, oh wow! This, so this is L.A. This is the L.A. punk scene, man. Uh, all of a sudden, a cop comes up. What do you got in your hand, boy? What are you smoking there? I'm on. That's uh, clove cigarette, sir. <laughs> Clove cigarette. <laughs> Better put that out right now, or I'll shove it up your ass. So <laughs> then I dropped it on, you know, and scrunched it with my. And I'm like, "Fuck him! Is he gonna beat my ass for littering?" You know what I mean? So went back in and uh, ran into Dennis Donnell, the original uh, guitar player uh, lead for Social Distortion, mm-hmm. who friggin' love. And I just start talking with him. He's going, he takes a beer and he just drinks it. I think it was a Miller High Life. Go 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 go! And he goes and breaks on the floor mall that was the coolest thing i ever saw in my life <laughs> so that oh, was yeah that was a pretty pretty good show man sick man that's <laughs> i'm sure you have bazillion show stories but yeah. we gotta talk a little bit or a lot of bit because this part is really interesting to me is you get the job at the mag um do they give you a call and you've already been kind of contributing and they're like hey do you want to move out here and be full on or how does that work out i mean that's exactly how that worked out kt called me we were at band practice um it was kind of hard because i was still living in arizona but don had moved out to to cali and uh you know we were just still making it work Hmm. so we were up in uh chino uh practicing uh, and anyway, so somehow uh, KT got the number, called me up, and uh, he's like, hey, you want to come work for the MAG? I'm all, you know, wow, you know, I don't know, right? Because we had, we had the pool scene on lock in Phoenix. Like, there wasn't shit that went down, pool, pipe, ditch, or whatever that, that me and my bros didn't know about, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm like, my, that was my thought. My first thought was, man, what about all my bros, you know, because some of them were sketchy, sketchy guys, you know, like great skaters, but sketchy dudes, you know, and I tried to keep them kind of on track from like okay. imploding, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, crap, what about all the guys? And then I'm like, you know, well, hey, offer to work at Thrasher, bro. I mean, he only comes once, right? You know, you got to go do it. So, yeah, so I moved out there. Uh, Miles Orkin would have been the staff writer. And he was in, in MCM and the Monster. Yeah. With yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, Ruben's brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, both. Yeah, both killer dudes. And uh, so he went to school or something, I think. And so that I went there. I was a staff writer for a while, and uh, they gave me the notes from the underground column. And back then, skaters were the trendsetters on all things, like 
you know, what kind of shoes you're wearing, what kind of, what, whatever's cool. It would start with the skaters and it would eventually, you know, go to the East Coast or if it was East Coast, it would come to the West Coast and eventually get to Iowa. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> that was like three or four years later. You know, and definitely music was one of those things with Thrasher, you know, because Thrasher was, was getting pretty big by then. And so they let me start writing the notes from the underground column. And I could like call anybody, anywhere, any record company and ask for an interview with the band. And they were like, yeah, no problem. Oh, so, you know, I did a surf, I did a each, I started doing themes and notes from the underground, you know, like, so, you know, obviously I did a skate rock one and then like uh, surf music, um, I did grunge, right? And and for grunge, like I had like called Nirvana, Soundgarden, um, I think Stone Temple Pilots, Mud Honey, and you know three or four other bands. And the thing is, is that I only had that one column. Yeah. So, all these all these freaking uh, music uh, people are like, yeah, hey, I can't wait to see Nirvana. They're just starting out, but. They're gonna be huge. We're gonna you get them in threat. And like I give them like two or three sentences, you know. It's like yeah. the best two or three sentences of the whole thing, you know what I mean? But and then there's this other band called Soundgarden just starting out, you know what I mean? And so, you know, that shit was really started taking off. But and then uh, you know, uh Mofo says, Hey, you wanna be the music editor? I'm like, Yeah. So, you know, that continued for a while. And the same thing, like calling up the dam, the cramps uh metallica uh carlos santana in, interviewed him at his house Fuck um sick yeah well it was his guest house uh-huh where santa but, cruz or where no uh san mateo just over the bridge oh shit okay yeah yeah like just over the bridge too uh-huh. um uh and you know he was all proud he's all you know i haven't smoked weed in two weeks come on <laughs> All right, congratulations, man. Know, it's a stunning was... achievement, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't even remember all the, all the bands, you know. Uh, uh-huh. But I, they never gave me enough room. Even when uh, Jake, you know, uh, when, when he was, uh, uh, you know, I interviewed, De- they gave me a lot of room for, for Jello when I interviewed okay. him. Um, but like, you know, we were doing, even when we were doing features, it was like you get half a page for the dam, you know, half a page for whatever so was there uh, a music section already when you started working there or was it just the notes from the underground like was there band interviews already because right now i think we got like six or eight pages allocated for for yeah. bands yeah no there were, uh i think it was starting to be more regular you okay. know yeah i think there were i think there were but um, maybe it depended on the caliber like you got jello they're gonna get yeah you some more. okay yeah yeah um, but i mean yeah I interviewed Tom Waits and that was great. Oh, but yeah, that's a sick one. That that was like a five hour interview too. And then that Jake would that only give me smoky voice. Yeah, he would only give me one page for it too, because he oh, didn't like Tom Waits. He he wasn't gonna let me put him on the cover, like just uh, at the top, you know, God the name. But uh and, and I lost I left all the tapes there when I left too. Like there's some gold on all those interview tapes. If you can find them, send them to me, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. But like, uh, but yeah, me and Tom hit it off really well because they had sent me his entire CD collection, right? So I listened to all because I'm a big Tom Waits fan. And when he first started out, he did stuff like with uh, orchestra, mm. you know what I mean? And like, huh, that's not the Tom, you know. So I want to first question him. Oh, hey, so your new album is like this, you know, the Earth died screaming. 
how did you get there from, you know, your, your orchestra roots with this stuff? And, and like that, like just opened it up where like this guy knows who I am and he's fucking talking to me. He's not just like, you know, right. Oh, you did that one movie, yeah. you know? So we talked like literally like five cassettes worth of shit. Damn. And then he's all, okay, Hey, I gotta go. I'm all, Hey man, no problem. Thank you so much. And, uh, love to come out see you sometime or yeah 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 okay hang up five minutes later uh brian yeah uh tom waits on the phone for you <laughs> i'm like all right i'll take it yeah and uh and he goes hey yeah brian uh there's one more story i forgot to tell you uh it was my skateboard story and and i just want to tell it here in thrasher magazine he's on uh, when we when we were little kids we used to have this beautiful hill that we lived on and we used to skateboard down it all the time. And right there at the bottom, in, in the beauty of the curve, Brian, there was this man who lived there. His name was Mr. Stitches. And Mr. Stitches hated all the skateboarders. He hated us with a passion. And every time he would come out, he would yell at us and, you know, shake his fist. You skateboarders! <laughs> you hoodlums! I hate you! Don't! I'm going to call the cops! Ah. Yeah. And, and he's all, and Tom's all. And so, you know what? We, we started messing with Mr. Stitches. We would do pranks and stuff, you know, to him and, and cause trouble. Mm. And, and then one day, Mr. Stitches had a heart attack and died. And, and all the people in the neighborhood said, we killed him. That the skateboarders killed him because we gave him high blood pressure with being mean to him. And, and I just want to say right now in Thrasher Magazine, I didn't kill Mr. Stitches. <laughs> There's your full quote. He has a router and a table saw. And you won't believe what Mr. Stitches saw. <laughs> like, all right. That's that's going in. I don't know how I'm going to fit the rest of the shit, but that's going in. That's <laughs> insane. Um, do you remember meeting Fausto for the first time? Like, you have a first impression of those guys? Oh, uh, you know, I think I was probably at a contest at like an indoor, like Phoenix thing. It might even been like a basketball court type of scenario. You know, he was, he was just cool. Hey, hey, Brian, JFAL. I'm Faust. Oh, hey, man, what's going on? You know, yeah, so super cool. Just, you know. It's so sick to see all the old events. He was always there. Like, yeah. he was such a part of these things. Like, whatever uh midwest melee fucking del mar whatever you always seen him somewhere he was there and it was like so sick like yeah know. you know he made sure everything was friggin pure like he would like call out no we're not doing that <laughs> you know mm -hmm. that, that's lame we can't do that hell no yeah you know so yeah yeah he was cool man he, he kept everything good and what would you say about KT? Like he was probably the last few years of his time there in the beginning. So I got to know him a little bit, but uh, obviously huge part of the mag. Oh yeah. KT, uh, you know, he had a big, big vision for the mag and he, you know, he was core to the end of it. You know, he, I, I, I stayed with him. Uh, so when I first moved there, I stayed at his house Oh. for about six months and then i moved in with jim muir from dogtown for about uh about a year 
But uh, no, KT, you know, he was just a bro through and through, you know. I mean, if you look at pictures of him back at like Uva's Dam and stuff, you know, he's just shredder all the way, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Mofo? Mofo, yeah. I mean, Mofo. So him and KT sometimes had some issues with each other, you know, because they're both very strong, opinionated uh, people. KT was was the uh, the decider. So Mofo would come up with these crazy, like 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 not crazy, but just like a huge idea. Like we're gonna do, you know, we're I don't know, we're, we're gonna interview TSOL and we're gonna you know bring all these chicks and then we're gonna set this thing on fire and then, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> and when and when KT would shoot him down, all, ah, you know what I mean. But I mean, Mo was definitely like the heart. You know, I would say maybe KT was a heart, and you know, uh, Mofo was the soul of Thrasher in the early days. And like Fausto was kind of like the brains of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's kind of like that. I mean, I remember, yeah, Mofo. He, he, everything he did was so cool. Like everything he wrote was just like dripping with style or cool. Yeah. You know, he had a, I remember he, he had a, a cartoon called the wild riders of boards. It's in some of the early bigger mags. And that, that's just so cool, man. I wish he would have done more of those. He, he started doing some too, uh, about the big boys after that, which were oh, cool. Okay. That yeah. was the name of one of the skate rock albums. I think wild riders on board. Yeah. 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 yeah, sick. yeah so, what was the atmosphere at the plant back then? Like, was it loose? Like, is there drinking and smoking and a bunch of stuff going on in there? Or is it kind of... Oh, a, yeah. 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 In in the place. Oh, yeah. 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 You should have seen when Cypress Hill came through. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. How sick. Like, all that shit. You guys, like, Beastie Boys, Guns N' Roses, like... Uh, Early yeah. on, those dudes were a part of the mag. Is like oh yeah, insane. yeah, that was a thing, man. Because it was a you know, Thrasher was the voice. You know, uh-huh. I mean, there was no there was no one else who even wanted to be the voice at that point. You know, I mean, because you know, you heard about Action Now, like Skateboarder Magazine became this like action sports magazine, and it just lo- lost all the the cred. And Thrasher was just core all the way through. You know, and and for those of us who that was our life that was where we went you know so yeah i mean yeah and then did you watch um jake transition was he in shipping when you first got there or was he already yeah yeah he was in shipping with uh rick rozart and um uh stacy (laughs) gibo right and maybe sarge right yeah sarge yeah hell yeah yeah yeah. danny sergeant oh yeah and so you used to skate the, the safeway curves with that crew Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Some so I learned to do slappies <laughs> at Safeway. Yeah, hell yeah. There's that photo of Danny front board oh, that's man. so good. Dude, he's so yeah. He's picture doesn't capture how fast he would go or like how gnarly. You know, uh-huh. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Did you did you guys skate um, across the street at that ramp? Uh, was there like sessions and stuff? And and were you yeah. around for Studio Forty Three? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember when he also had a ramp in Oakland. I was telling somebody about this the other day. At Oakland, he had a like a, a session, and everybody had the front side roll in to this big out asphalt ramp, and I That's never front side. Yeah. So I'm all fuck. All right. So I did it. You know, everybody else did it, and then they had this thing 
Like, I think me and th- that day, me and Jake weren't on the best of terms, you know. And uh, then he had everybody drop in at the same time on one wall. And the thing was to see who could friggin' keep be the last one riding, uh-huh. right? So it was me. He said go. I was like the first one down there, so I was in front of everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're just like all pile driving into each other, like, you know. And then oh, Jake's man. trying to knock me off or whatever, but yeah. And then uh, at Studio 43, I remember that the rule of that one was you got to do a, a rock to fakie. And oh. like that's, I'm like, on a big old ass vert ramp, I'm like, I've never done a rock to fakie. You know? huh. <laughs> so I had to do that. Um, I remember one time, Studio 43, I had tickets to um, Spinal Tap and then Swerve Driver, uh, oh, which was shit. my favorite band at that time, was my absolute favorite band. And I had sent them a, sent them a Thrasher shirt and, uh, they were wearing it when they came through but so and then there's a session at studio 43 friday night right so session sound or uh, spinal tap and then swerve driver clear out the night. all right so you know studio 43 had had like it was like about 36 or 40 foot uh wide uh you know maybe like 10 12 feet tall uh 16 foot of flat bottom and then it had a part that was about just 16 feet wide that was about two feet lower, so eight or 10 feet tall and like 12 foot flat, right? So what I would do, my, you know, I'm not what, a guy who's got what you call board control like that. I'm of the school where you throw it up there and just see what happens and try and pull it back in, you know what I yeah. mean? So, so I'm like getting all this speed coming down the big, long, deep part and then you know, the, the ramp was built so there was like wall-to-wall ramp, right? So I get all the speed on the big one, and I come up and I do a uh, like a front side grab the nose grind, which, again, I just do it and see what happens. Put it up there. Sometimes it's in, you know, air, lean to tail. Sometimes it's a tail slide. Sometimes it's a rollout grind. You know, who knows? I'm just going as fast as I can. So I go up and do that, and I come down and I miss the tail slide. I miss the coping with my tail, right? And I'm like just sliding down and and there's the wall getting closer and closer. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm crash them all. Boom. Put my uh, hand up and, uh, you know, my finger right here, it just friggin', you know, go, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, I'm never going to play piano again. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so they take me to friggin', uh, I, I drive to San Francisco General on a Friday night, oh, you shit. know. And there's like gunshot victims walking in, stab wounds, <laughs> you know, I was, hey, I got dislocated my finger. Can someone help me. And they, yeah, lay down on that thing over there. You're next, like, you know, two hours later. And uh, this guy comes in and his head is just like, I don't know, somehow he got shot in the head or hit with a baseball bat. He's lying down next to me and he's like sitting there for five minutes going, what the fuck? Where are they going to come? Fuck it. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're all, hey, do you see where the guy with the bloody head went? I'm like, yeah, he left. <laughs> And he went out the front door. So then they like give me some friggin' bunch of drugs and like friggin' just go whoop, <laughs> like put my my thing back. Okay, you, you know you can go, just don't drive. I'm all well. I got ticket to Soundgarden and Swerve Driver, and I got my car. So Soundgarden or Sound, sorry, Spinal Tap, and Spinal Tap is early show. Missed it, you know. Drove to Swerve Driver, best show I ever saw, man. But yeah, what happened at the mag? Like, did you just what? Why did you stop working there? Me and Jake just had a big falling out. Um, I think he got pissed 
he was riding a thing, uh, the 10 most hated skate guys and pros in skateboarding. Yeah, the Billy Pepper. Yeah, yeah. So you want to hear that story? Yeah, were you there? Yeah, so oh, I shit. was there for the whole thing. I was when right next st- to <laughs> so, yeah, so Yeah, I got to hear this one. All right, so he's running this thing, and I think Bryce knocked him out. Sorry, Bryce. Um, and like, because Bryce liked Billy Pepper, so he called Billy Pepper and said, "Hey, you know, Jake's writing a thing about you, you know, and and you're a pro skater, and to have someone say you're the most hated, one of the ten most hated guys in skateboarding, not so good for your career in Thrasher, right? Yeah. Like Kim, you eat like Kim Park, crap neck, spelled backwards, you know. I think Jasmine was working the phones, and so a phone rings, to the ring. Uh, Jake, uh, Bill, Billy Pepper on the line wants to talk to you. So, yeah, what do you want? Man, yeah, fuck you. Come here if you don't like it. Click. You know, and friggin' uh, uh, Billy lived in uh, Santa Rosa or some shit, you know. So it's like, you know, hour, hour and a half drive or whatever. Uh-huh. 45 minutes later, phone rings. Jake, yes, uh, Billy Pepper is here to see you. <laughs> okay in the back hangs up and you know that long hallway yeah and so jake's on one end of it and then billy pepper's on the other and jake's all what do you got man what do you got billy what billy pepper's all he's like a cartoon like here look at my feet he's like this all right i don't know if i can do it they're not gonna work he's like this like he's not even running he's like starting up. <laughs> finally like he takes off like a battle to help jumps on top of jake boom 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 like hits his, his glasses, his glasses just go right into like right there, blood everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. Ed's Ed's in there reading Lowrider magazine. Like, here's some commotion. Just a normal day at Thrasher, you know. Did Ed come out and try to get in there? Yeah, I yeah, heard someone, something about so, Ed coming out and doing something. Yeah, so someone goes and tells Ed, "Hey, someone's beating the shit out of Jake right out here. You guys should come out." And so. So Ed comes up, breaks it up, said, bring Stacy Gibo in here, you know, and because oh, Stacy's a big guy, you know, yeah. and so they bring him. They they put Billy in the uh, advertising office, so it's like just a closed room and lock him up. Uh-huh. And now Jake's all, "You're never gonna work in skateboarding again, Billy. I'm gonna make sure that you're ruined for this, man. I'm, you want to fight? You know, like Jake, uh, you know, Billy's behind the window going, fuck you, fuck you, come on, Holy <laughs> And and there's like this little window thing that opens up about this about this wide where the fax machine was where you could reach in without having to, you know, come all the way around. Yeah. Jake's all like, oh, you 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 fucking, pe- I would kick your ass, man. Fuck you. And next thing you know, Billy squeezes through this window, comes around the corner, jumps on Jake, boom 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 boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and Billy's like like three foot nothing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just kicking his ass, and then Stacy finally comes up and just grabs Billy and like, come on, get on. You know, like uh-huh. They're taking him downstairs and, uh, you know, they getting ready to, you know, call the cops or whatever. And then Stacy's holding him and Jake comes up like he's going to like punch him while, while, you know, someone's holding him behind his back. I'm all, dude, that's when I stepped in. I'm all, dude, can't do that, bro. If you want to fight him, fight him. But that's not cool if someone's holding him. You know, you got sure that. And Stacey's all, yeah. And then Billy's all, boom, like takes off, runs out the window, leaves a fucking shoe. Like he's running so fast, like he leaves a shoe behind. And I think Jake always were like pissed that I didn't have his back. But I mean, dude, I didn't have no dogs in that fight. And I didn't, you know, so uh-huh. I think that was kind of what did it. 
Oh, and then so that sparked you guys not getting along, and then you were just time out of here. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it just went downhill from there. But I mean, you know, I got a lot of respect for Jake, though, bro. I mean, he's you know, he was made to to be there. Like his whole the way his brain worked and everything, he was the perfect guy. That's why they brought him up to be the editor because you know the street skating was coming up and like you know kt didn't know what a you know a kick flip the difference in a kick flip and a heel flip or a friggin' 360 flip or whatever mm-hmm. i didn't know you know and that was mm-hmm. kind of that was a one downfall was i was like a punk rock skater come to work at thrasher just as hip-hop and street skating are coming up you know right. what i mean so, so i was i'm like i you know i don't do you know so so but jake could like name off whatever like he would say yeah uh march 1984 page 62 tommy guerrero it's insane he's always had that huh yeah so you know and and look at the stuff he came up with man you know so you know i don't hold any grudge yeah we we kind of we we buried the hatchet there was a time when every time i saw i was at a contest and i saw some dude with glasses you know and and hair like jake's from behind like my blood would start boiling i'd be like oh you know what I mean? And then the guy would turn around and, no, it's not Jake. And it was like, and I had all this hate, you know what I mean? And it just, you could feel it. And uh, so when we finally like, you know, made up or whatever, buried the hatchet, I was like, that's cool, man. I just felt all that shit go out, you know, cause you know, he was who he was and he was, uh, you know, he's good at what he did, bro. And I mean, he, his heart was in the right place. He Could he rub people the wrong way? Yeah. Could he carry a grudge? Yeah. Did he stink a lot of times? Yeah. (laughs) But hey, whatever, man. I mean, you know, skateboarding is where it is today because of him, you know, to a a large extent. It's funny because like towards his late, you know, throughout his whole time that I knew him, he would always say, watch when I die, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Like the people are going to come out of the woodworks. They're going to say all this shit. Like that dude, they hate, you know, all that stuff. And uh, I don't know, the last the last few months, especially with this COVID shit, I've just been missing him a lot. Like his, he had a lot of flaws, but he had this something special that nobody else has. And like that was really, really big. Like it was, it was pretty much what drew me to working at the mag was that attitude and that fire and like knowing yeah. how to get the best out of you on your worst day. Like he was great at that. So, yeah, I mean, now, you know, he was all about pushing it to the limit, you know I yeah. mean? And that's, Hey, that's what we should all do. You know what I mean? My, that's my, been my philosophy too, is like, you know, aim for the friggin' stars. And if you hit the moon, that's still better than just friggin' staying locked at home, you know? But I mean, you know, he he was his idea to do the John Cardiel cover through a flaming hoop oh, of fire. Hoop of fire. That was I mean, sick. Hey, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. You know yeah. I mean? Like shit uh, like that. I mean, why not? I mean, uh, why not freaking put, why stay stuck in some little stupid bubble? You know what I mean? And yeah, he was, like I said, would I have ever rolled in front side on a freaking, you know, big ass vert ramp? No. Would I do a freaking, you know, rock the fakie? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not what I did. Like, Tony Alva always says he doesn't do rock and rolls. He's, I don't do any trick where you have to stop. I'm all, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it, actually. I don't really do rock and rolls just because I don't, I look horrible doing them. So it doesn't seem like (laughs) worth it. You know, it's like, ah. Yeah. Um, Okay, real quick, um, after that, you you got into the Navy, right? 
Yeah, I got in uh, right after uh, 9-11 because uh, uh, my wife had, like her entire family lived in New York and all the male members, uh, they didn't know where they were. They could all have been dead because they, they worked right there. And uh, it was pretty rough, you know. Um, and uh, I just want to do something more and drive around with the flag on my car. Yeah. You know, so I'm all called up the name and they're like, yeah, we'll take you. I'm like, okay, let's go. How was that? Was that a was it a good experience? No regrets? Or? Oh yeah, man, no regrets at all. I mean, there's there's a lot of punk punk rockers in the Navy too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, Tough I mean, the as thing about, shit, though, right? Like I'm, I'm imagining it's pretty hard as like a punk skater going in there. Like all of a sudden, you're disciplined. Yeah, no, I mean, you go in there. I was older too. Okay. You know, if I would have gone in there when I was 18 or something, I would have never let just too like freaking crazy. But yeah. You know, you get older and it's like your boss tells you to do something. It's like, all right, do you wear your uniform like this. Okay, you know, and I think I got, I went far because I was like, okay, yeah, they said to do that. I'm going to do it, you know, read this book. And all right, yeah. Huh. So, you know, I, I went pretty far. The thing thing I like about the Navy is it's, uh, it's a uh, meritocracy. So if you're good at something, you're gonna you're gonna get promoted. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what kind of accent you have. You know where you're from. If you're good at your job, you're gonna get promoted. There's is absolutely none of this, you know, divisiveness crap. It doesn't matter if you uh, like punk rock or, right, you know, Western music or whatever. You know, so and, and because at the end of the day, if the ship's on fire, man, we're all gonna freaking work to put it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we yeah. need more of that for sure. Yeah. Um, then, uh, getting old as I am, what, uh, what's the best thing I can do to stay in shape? Is there any regiment you got <laughs> besides skating? You get up and do some stretches, yoga, fucking push ups. No, I, uh, you can, I actually, I, I, you know, I need to do more of it. Um, but you should do something. I, when I'm on, I sweat, I try to sweat every day. Do something that makes you sweat, whether it's skate, surf, workout. Just do something, man. Get that heart beating for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was doing this, uh, uh, you know, when the coronavirus thing first started and we're all locked in, I started doing Heidi Robertson workout or Robinson workout on uh, YouTube. Because I got YouTube on my thing. It's just some chick, kind of cute. And uh, she does like half hour freaking workouts. You know what I mean? And it's like, all right, do this. You know what I mean? Like do 12 of these and then we're going to do 20. You know, like, okay. And like I put on some music and just whatever she's doing, you know, I mean, go to the gym. I don't think it really matters as long as you move. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just walk. Some people say walking, but I think, you know, if you need to bring it up a little more than like walking's not bad, you should be walking, but just do something, man, you know, but do it where you're, you're in a, you're, you're doing it regularly, like every day do something, yep. whatever it is, you know, and it doesn't even have to be the same thing. Just make sure you do something. Yeah, you know? definitely. I've been like, like I said, when we first started getting in this COVID thing, I think I gained like 10 pounds and I was like, dude, this isn't going to work. Like I yeah. can't gain any more weight. <laughs> like I got to figure this out. So I'd get up early and I'd go for like some jog, like I call them yeah. jock. Cause I would jog and walk, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you need to sweat. Sweating is key. I mean, if you're yeah. not skating, you got to do something else that makes you sweat. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got this thing I printed out. I haven't done it, but I got those little push up bar in here. Here, I'll show you. Mm. Or, um, oh shit. Did I just hang up on you? You still no. there? Yeah. 
All right, hold on. I think I fucked up my phone. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can see my garage here real quick. So, uh, all right. I don't know if you can see. So a push-up bar. Oh, yeah. pull-up bar, right? Yep. Um, some of my boards. Oh, damn. Um, you know, I was really big into, for a while, when I was a thrasher, I was into getting, uh, can you see that? Yep. So I was into getting um, water skis. And uh, uh, and this, because you can buy them at, uh, uh, damn. You know, like wooden water ski, whoop, for like five bucks or whatever, you know, and then you take off the, uh, um, you know, take take off the, uh, the surfboards, uh, the boots, and then, you know, put some small indies. I got Indy 88s, and I would skate downhill in Frisco with some soft wheels. And uh, you can keep the, the truck super loose because the, the wheelbase is so long. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, let me see this one. Whoa. You know, so, <laughs> so keep it super loose. Here's my keyboard. Oh, See my keyboard? Yeah. Yeah. You got trucks and wheels. But, uh, you know, you can just totally turn quick because the trucks are loose. But you, if you get a speed wobble on a long board like that, you're just like, it's like kind of like slalom. You know what I mean? So I was doing that for a while. Hell but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, what I was going to say is like there's like a – I got this uh, – uh, here's some of my, my Navy stuff. This is from Afghanistan. This, this dude did way death for me. Um, yeah, but uh, so when I worked for the firm with uh, Lance Mountain, Ooh, yep, yeah, Lance Mountain called me and he's all, I see you're applying for a job. I'm all, yeah, he's all, well, can you, uh, we, I don't, I think you're too old, but if you can kind of come in and uh, you can get these guys to show up at a, at a demo tomorrow in Fontucky, Chino, then you're cool. It's like uh, Rodrigo TX and uh, Javier, and uh, so it's raining. I gotta go. I'm bringing the the friggin' gate. They won't let me in. Jump over, you know. Use my pool skating skills. Jump over the fence and knock on the door. Friggin' cloud of smoke, you know. And Rodrigo goes in there, and Javier, and uh, anyway, got him to the friggin' uh, to the demo the next day. Blue Lance's mind, like, oh shit. <laughs> I I thought there was no way. I thought that that was a good way to like not have to hire you. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I worked for firm for a while and then uh, which was also blitz distribution so it was birdhouse yep. fury flip and baker so I was doing all that stuff and I did uh, you know I did have to ride furies for a while so <laughs> my indie you know uh sorry indie but uh that was just for a little bit but uh they're actually pretty good they don't make them anymore they got the, the ball pivot you know about that yeah i saw them i never tried them yeah i mean it turns pretty good it's like you know it's a round pivot instead of where it's got to be machined into a globe uh -huh. instead of just a v yeah you know which actually makes it turn pretty good but the thing is is you know you're talking about street skaters who just ride their truck so freaking tight yeah know? Why are you gonna charge so much? But anyway, long, hmm. that was uh, that was good too. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I got anyway. So the workout, I got this little thing where you're supposed to do like ten push-ups, some sit-ups, a plank, and some pull-ups. And I'm gonna someday start doing that. I haven't started yet, but okay. I'm sweat sweating other ways. Yeah, 
Just you got to find something, man. I can't do pull-ups. I don't know why. That's so fucking hard. I just do push-ups. And planking's pretty good because you could do planking for each commercial break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it while you're freaking watching. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like like I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a Marine, and he, I'm all, do you do them like this with your hands toward you, or do you do them like this? He's all, well, you can do them either way, but I do them like this. That's hard. When are you ever gonna? When are you ever gonna climb a wall going like this? You know, but True. if you think about like jump on a wall, like my theory was when I was little, and I'm still pretty sure it worked. If I can reach the wall with my hands, I can get over it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's so that's where pull ups come in for your skateboarding skills. Yeah, like getting over the fence. This, the know? curl way I can do a few, but the the regular yeah. the normal way is hard. For I sure. think even in the Marines, you only have to do three or five to get in. They're pretty tough. So. Oh, okay. Don't feel too bad. All right. <laughs> Last thing is we always have a song to end it. And then uh, what can we do to stay positive through this fucking hellacious year? So song first. What are you, what, are you asking me a song to end it? Yeah, we can play whatever song. You, I always ask the guests, like, what song do you want to hear as we fucking take it out of here? Oh, man, there's so, so much. I'll just say the first one that comes to mind. This was the first song that I had playing at when I skated a contest. And it was at this ramp in Phoenix that we wrote a song called The Ramp Song about. About the guy, uh, the guy's dad coming to kick our ass because we were skating. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like us. But uh, this was Don's idea. So uh, Melody Lee by The Damned, right? It's got the piano part. Right, the piano. So you got the piano and the organ, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it's all done or da da. He's all here's what you do, Brian. Get up there, get on the deck, set your board on, you know, because I was an axle dropper, you know, and just stand there while the uh, while the piano part goes through. And that's what I did. And he was like, "Come on, the song playing. Get up there." And then when it, when the band goes. You know, and the band comes in, then you oh. drop in and do your runs. Yes. So that's what I did. So yeah. So that that's what I would say on the on the song. Just imagine that somebody else, somebody else use it in their contest run. And can can I just put in a plug for the Bobaba special here? Of course. All right. So the Bobaba special is my trick. All right. So I got two tricks that I that I can that I claim in inventing. One okay. is a Bobaba special which also has the Bobaba grind and also the half Bobaba that, uh, that I came up with the other day. Um, so what you do is you're going up the wall, go kind of uh, uh, front side up it, kind of like a uh, alley-oop type of thing, like a set slide, and you go up, put your front hand on the wall, going front side. Uh -huh. oh, not that. All right, going, going. So, so you're like this, right? So you go up and then you, you kick the board up like around so you kind of plant your front foot and slide the board backwards right and and the goal is like you know you can start low and you just slide it a little and then fakey back down slide it a little more a little higher fakey back down slide it a little more my goal originally was to just grind it right front hand down kind of alley-oop into it grind come back down that's a bobaba grind then I got where I could not only grind it, but kind of put it into a rock position, like a fake rock, a fakey rock, and then bring it down. Oh, damn. that's that's the Bobaba special. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a picture of Eric Costin fucking doing 
above Baba Grind. I'm like, holy shit. I just want to make sure people give me credit for it because they make up some stupid ass name, you know. And then a half full Baba is where you just go up and you slide around, but you don't come down fake. You just come down. Oh, okay. All and right? why Bo Baba? That was kind of my nickname back then. Oh. Yeah, I called myself. Bo so Baba. it's like it's like the Brian special. So Bo Baba special. My other trick, which I'm working on, that getting footage of to make it official because no one, well, Chris Hamrock did it, but um, is is I call it the uh, the uh, hood ornament fakie. The fakie hood ornament. Hood ornament being front foot, grab your, you know, grab your back foot and stick stick your hand out like this, right? So uh -huh. you can just do that. I do that just cruising down the street, right? Like that's a standard hood ornament. That's but, a hood ornament for sure. But hold on. So what you do for, for the fakie hood ornament is you're coming up fakie and you do a fakie rock, right? So as you come up, just as the board rocks over, you take your back foot off and you grab it. Oh, and point. what the fuck? That's okay. Gnarly. And then it just sits there. But as soon as you let go of your foot, somehow it magically it goes in and never hangs up. It's not the gnarliest looking trick, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it, it's gnarly as a trick to do. You know what I mean? Like what, what's that one? The fakey hood ornament? Yeah. Okay. Fakie, you go fakie up fakey. Yeah. Go up fakie. It's a fakie rock hood ornament. Go okay. up fakie rock. Take your back foot off. Hold like that. Then you let go and it comes in. I don't know if that one's gonna has the potential to catch on as much as the Obaba special, but yeah, we'll put it out there. We'll see. But uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, as far as like the division and all that shit, man, just respect everybody. You know, just respect people for you know who they are. I think most people are good you know, good people and uh, people are different. Hey, that's okay. If you try you know, take time to find out, talk to people, you know, and if you see someone that you don't know them and they look weird, say hi, Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Yeah. And I think just opening up where we talk to each other and respect each other and don't make, uh, you know, stereotypes of people. I think that's what the world needs right now. We could all do that and just respect people. Hey, they're a person, they're a human being, they're an American, they're a San Franciscan, whatever you want to do, or they're just somebody visiting. Mm -hmm. You know, we just got to start from a place of respect rather than a place of like, he's not like me. I hate him. <laughs> you know, the fuck's that going to get us? Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. Well, fuck that shit is, you could go on forever. It's like fighting hate with hate. That doesn't make sense. It's just like, yeah, respect nah. and, and learn some of the ugliest people I know are got the biggest hearts. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you know that. Yeah. You know, that's like some of the roughest looking dudes are some of the fucking most coolest fuckers ever, you know? So absolutely. Book by yeah. its cover, man. Pete the ox is the best forever. He's like yeah. the gnarliest skater, but the nicest fucking yeah. best heart is just like, dude. Yeah. You can grab indie from anything. And make <laughs> yeah. It. Like, yeah. Like we're, Holy shit. Okay, Mindy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I love Pete. Tell Pete I said, hey, man, I haven't seen him in a while. And tell tell uh, uh, Pierre 
I said, hey, too. I love him, man. Oh, hell yeah. I barely see him, but when I do, it's so random these days. But yeah, for sure. And the guy's from uh, Shane from Hightower, he said to say what's up. He said he played oh, with you yeah, guys yeah, at Parkside right on, and had a real good time. Yeah, we played with them, man. They're fucking rad. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, too, forever is uh, we didn't talk about it, um, but the Thrasher videos where the fucking chess set is like gotta be Burnside. <laughs> What's the gnarliest place you ever skated? <laughs> Gotta be Burnside. That's your fucking claim to fame. That's your, if you're in the airport, someone's like, you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I, I want, I'd rather it would be the friggin' uh, the Speed Wheels video where I roll in from the slide into the pool. Well, I think everybody in the world should just live. Just live. That's all. Yeah, make it be that. But, okay. Uh, still too old. I don't think that one's on. Uh, yeah. No, that one is. I, I had to do it like eight times so that they could get the right angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was afraid to ollie, so I early grabbed in. <laughs> did Did you ever, by any chance, see the slam? I filmed this kid. We were skating a pool, and this kid climbed to a, the ladder. He this. rolls in and just old man's it was so gnarly on his back right all the way to the deep and i was like he's dead he's like yeah. i was like oh. yeah dwayne dwayne had a thrasher cover rolling in off a slide and dropping but i don't know if he made it yeah so, but this one this one i made it, it was kind of a i was going it, the deep ends this way and the slide went this way so it's kind of a quick wall ride into the pool mm -hmm. but uh, yeah i just i just early grabbed it man because i've never been big on my all 215s don't ollie that good you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they're totally. good for grinding because you can be like riding at the drain and still hit the coping with you got 215s on you know you know <laughs> No, but 215s for grinding are the best, man. I'm just we used to get the wide trucks on purpose just to grind the ditches that your smaller trucks wouldn't grind. But if you had the wider truck, it would get on there. You'd be like, yeah. yeah. No, okay. set up a set up a board with 215s and some big wheels sometime, man. And like you'll be like, for pools and stuff, that's, that's where it's at. It's like riding a fucking Cadillac, man. You go super oh. fast and just smooth, you know? So. Sick. Okay. Uh, yeah. well dude thank you so much for taking the time it's really awesome to fucking hear all your stories and catch up with you big yeah, love and respect for sure like fuck yeah appreciate it man thank you and uh call me you know in a couple days i'll probably think of a bunch more whenever let's do it again hell yeah okay fuck yeah take care and uh yeah hopefully this shit will pass and we'll be able to fucking skate together or something or you guys will tour through or whatever yeah, absolutely. All of the above, bro. Appreciate yeah. it, man. All right. Thank Cheers, you, man. man. All Take right. Care. See you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.